You're listening to Once, episode 251, Only You and an Untold Story, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And we just finished watching the season five finale. A great finale, I think, in in many ways. Yeah, maybe had some low points too, but a great season five finale. Sure it was season five, not season two. Why do you say that? Because I was already saying that it was the missing portion of season two before they showed the dragon. (laughs) This is everything I expected season two to move into. Magic in New York City. They reinvented the taser. Yeah. (laughs) In a sense. Only now it's used on non-magical people and magical people. And it doesn't kill them. I I can see that. Yeah. And maybe they had this storyline in mind. Because originally when they were doing season two, they wanted to go a certain direction. And then they either stumbled upon this idea or finally got the rights to use Peter Pan. And then so they shifted directions very suddenly to move us toward Neverland. And it showed. (laughs) But I think that one of the cool things this did validate from season two is that low point in season two from the episode Selfless, Brave, and True was the dragon. And a lot of things into that and the taser thing and all of that confusion Mm -hmm. and misconceptions about it being a regular taser when it wasn't actually a regular taser, but all of that stuff. How silly of us. This kind of validates that by bringing the dragon back and back in maybe a more powerful form. Now, Tamara had tased him with the magical taser and he said, if you strike me down, I will return in even greater form or or maybe that was someone from Star Wars. But nonetheless, (laughs) he said something similar to that. Basically saying, you haven't seen me in my true form. And it kind of gave the impression that he couldn't be harmed, potentially. But a lot of other things about that episode made it seem like he was dead. Now he's back. Yeah, let's (laughs) try and figure that one out, maybe. Or just move on, because... He had basically the same effect in this episode as back then, (laughs) to me. Although I think we maybe are going to see more of him next year. He's going to be the blind witch, of season six. He could also finally bring resolution to one of the other unfinished stories of the late seasons. Oh? Yeah. Finding Maleficent's oh. lover. Oh. Oh, that. Yeah. And finding the father, the dragon father of <laughs> their little dragon baby. I, I guess... Now, if you couldn't already tell, these are our initial reactions. We're a bit all over the place on our thoughts, and we will (laughs) dig more in-depth in our upcoming full discussion. But instead of going scene by scene, since we have two hours to go through, and because it's a finale, what we like to do is really talk about the highlights. So feel free to send us your feedback on what you liked, what you didn't like, what some of your theories are about where this is going for season six. And that contact information and the show notes for this episode are at oncepodcast.com slash 251. That's also where you can go to share this episode with your friends who are like, what in the world? Who is this weird, stereotypical Chinese guy in this show? And why 
why is all of this happening? <laughs> Tell them, go to oncepodcast.com slash 251, and that's where they will delve into this and explain it. And welcome, if you're that person who <laughs> came here from listening to that. We will try to explain it. So what do you think about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Remember, again, back in season two, when we were all theorizing that Dr. Whale was perhaps this character? Yeah. Well, I say we all. I don't even remember where I fell on that issue. Certainly one of the possibilities that we were thinking about. Also back in season two was when Henry said, wait a minute, Dr. Frankenstein's story isn't in this book. So he hinted back then that there were perhaps other stories and potentially in other story books. And we've known since then that there have been many authors. And so it's nice to finally delve into these. I don't know what to call them because the books, I think the books tend to record only one realm's stories. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> so there's this other storybook that we saw some scenes from uh, like Don Quixote, Paul Bunyan, a couple other things in there. Maybe that's the storybook that's connected to the land of untold stories. Yeah. It seems like a bit of a misnomer to call it the land of untold stories if it's where they've stuck literally every character that they want to bring into the show that's in a story that's been told in our world that makes them not untold we recognize literally everything that was in that book the way that mr hyde explained it when he arrived in storybrook made it sound like it's kind of the underworld of stories that they're all (laughs) the incomplete stories it's the island of misfit toys yes and those characters could be there too (laughs) very steampunk looking place which was really cool looking I did like that the heroes recognized what character they were seeing instead of ignorantly learning about him. Hmm. As he started to turn, they realized, oh, Jekyll and Hyde, we should probably, you know, go. Yeah, because until then, they didn't realize it was the same person. Because they may not have gotten a lot of that stuff while they were under the curse, but they spend an awful lot of time these days digging through every book in the library So at some point, they must get distracted when they're looking for the solution to their magical problem of the day. When I first saw that guy uh, that tased everyone when they (laughs) arrived at the mansion, I thought, no, please, not Star Wars. Because he looked kind of like a Jedi, partially, uh, in his attire. Yes. And he spoke kind of like a Jedi, almost. But he didn't use the force like a Jekyll, like a Jekyll eye. <laughs> like a Jekyll it's a blend eye. of a Jedi and a Jekyll. <laughs> and he didn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. He had a wand that produced emperor-like lightning. Now, it's it's certainly not beyond Disney to do that because Disney owns Star Wars. So they could bring in Star Wars into all of this at any point. That which, world was a jumble. He could still be from a Star Wars universe. He could be. Yeah. (laughs) Someone whose story was untold, which I'd imagine there are millions of untold stories from the Star Wars universe. But you know who helps us bring out the untold stories and helps us to tell those untold stories? You don't mean 
Yes, I do. Our wonderful heroes for making this episode of the podcast possible. Big thanks to Lisa Slack and David Newland for their continued support and also our other heroes on Patreon. We could not do this without you. Every episode is supported by someone being a hero to the podcast, helping us to release the episodes and helping us to cover the expenses. And the expenses will continue over the summer hiatus. So we can understand if you need to withdraw your support for a short time or something like that. But our expenses do continue. So we appreciate every little bit you're able to give, even if we don't put a podcast out on a regular basis. So it's great to have 32 heroes on Patreon. Now, if you want to become a hero and get exclusive access to fun stuff like bloopers, early access to spoilers, and much more, then go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. There's several options over there, but we really recommend that you sign up with Patreon because that's how we can deliver those bonuses to you. And that supports the podcast on a regular monthly basis. So go over there to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. This whole splitting evil queen from Regina thing. Now, when I saw that at first, I was thinking, this is, this is weird. This is making all kinds of unintentional moral statements, but also it's, it's weird that, oh no, season six is going to be Regina versus the evil queen, not just like an inner struggle, but an external struggle. And then Regina ripped out the evil queen's heart and crushed it. And I thought, yay, that storyline's not going to be part of season six. And then the producers ripped my heart out <laughs> and crushed it and said, no, it is going to be part of season six. Well... <sighs> They just can't seem to strike the same note from week to week. and I mean, partially I'm glad, and partially I'm not glad, and partially there are a lot of parts to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. or I don't know if they know what they're trying to say ultimately in any sort of cohesive way because it's sort of, I'm this and that. I, you can't separate this part from that part, and but then Regina does. And she feels better. She doesn't feel incomplete in some way. (laughs) Yeah. This is the first we've ever heard of this. And at first, the talk she had with Emma was possibly one of my favorite scenes. Certainly one of my favorite scenes in Once Upon a Time for years. But there was this nagging feeling in the back of my head. Like, it felt better written than a lot of things that have happened of late. And yet, she used a couple of phrases that made me just a little afraid I thought there's there's a construct coming out of this conversation that didn't exist before, and I don't know that I like it. I want to just see her just have some real complex feelings and some turmoil with no strings attached. Just just be a complex character. This is great. So she shows the most complexity she's shown in a very long time, and they literally rip her in two over it. It sort of frustrates me. Yeah, I think the ultimate resolution of that will be the melding of the two back together right? and the acknowledgement that you can't split the darkness from yourself, but you can, you can overcome it. You can make the choices to not do evil things. You can be a whole person, yes, who will always struggle with darkness. You can't just rip the darkness out of you and be good for the rest of your life. I think they might come back to that. I hope so. But in a way that communicates there's hope. Because after all, 
can we really relate with the thought of, oh yeah, if I've got darkness inside of me, I'm really struggling with something, I can just rip it out, right. crush its heart, <laughs> and I will never struggle with that temptation again. Yip dee day. <laughs> to me, it's frustrating that Snow and Emma were both so supportive of this decision because I see very little difference between this opportunity that Regina found. Yeah. So it was kind of Snow's idea almost. But there's very little difference between what she did in this episode and when she was so burdened that she took her heart out and tried to hide it in the forest. Right. It's the same thing. She felt like probably everyone does at some point that she couldn't deal with what was happening inside, but she had a magical way to try to separate herself from it. And it's not worked well for anyone who's tried it in the show so far. Yeah. And I I hope it's not something they carry through season six a whole lot. But also, I, I don't want them to resolve it in the first episode. Yeah. I want to see the evil queen terrorizing New York City, honestly. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really hoping, and I, and I really liked the direction <laughs> this episode was going, but somewhere around maybe halfway through or three quarters of the way through it then changed directions. And... I didn't quite like the direction it was going, but I liked the idea of Rumple is outside of Storybrooke with magic and he can use magic throughout the world. I liked that idea. I liked the idea of things happening outside of Storybrooke and Storybrooke possibly not even existing. I, well, even as it is, I like the exit of, I don't know how many of the characters, but there was that moment <laughs> and... <laughs> the show has been on for a long time, so I'm going to spoil something in Lost. But <laughs> there is that moment in Lost. Close your ears, kids. <laughs> where they basically, well, they do. They kill all the secondary characters, and then we focus on the core characters. It feels like we've had that moment now with Once Upon a Time, where we can now focus on these are the core characters. Oh, but wait. We just welcomed a whole nother realm of characters well, see, into Storybrooke. That was really, that was just the... The extra realm characters from really just maybe the last one and a half to two seasons. It was the Sherwood Forest people, the Camelot people, and a few other strays yeah. <laughs> they've picked up along the way. And um, I guess we're supposed to assume the portal worked for them and took them to where they were supposed to go. I guess we are supposed to assume that. <laughs> and, you know, we got the throwaway line about why the weird thing happened and they ended up in this other realm and we got our whole plot for next year. Yeah. Okay, fine. I would have liked a little less coincidence, but... Well, here's what I think is the plot, the basic plot for next year. Although this doesn't quite seem like the setup, but Regina kind of said it, or rather Evil Queen said it. <laughs> she said, this is war and it's just begun. I think we're finally going to have the final battle! <laughs> <laughs> but if it's the final battle, it has to be the final season because then they can have no more battles. We don't know if Once Upon a Time will have a seventh season. We know that Kitsis and Horowitz want a seventh season, but uh, ratings are kind of to the contrary. However, ABC recently canceled several shows, including Castle and uh, some other shows that seem to be doing really well. And what it seems is that Although the ratings and viewership of Once Upon a Time has gone down over the years, the ad rates for Once Upon a Time are going up. And what did they do tonight that was really smart? It was mostly sponsored by one movie. 
actually two, two movies, two movies, but primarily one Alice through the looking glass, which by the way, after our full finale discussion episode, we'll be having a review of Alice through the looking glass as I and Jeremy, or maybe someone else will join me to go to that movie, get an early screening of that movie and review it for you. So that will be the week after uh, this week. And so that will be episode 253 of our podcast if you want to check that out and watch for that. But yeah, so they had Alice Through the Looking Glass, totally relevant to this audience, I think. And in fact, the first commercial break was nothing but the trailer for Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, it caught me off guard. I started to do something else on my phone and then the show was back. And it was brilliant. It was. It totally relevant. And also they advertised uh, the BFG, the Big Friendly Giant movie. The Big Fat Guy. <laughs> which is also a movie that will probably appeal to Once Upon a Time fans and the audience for the show. So Once Upon a Time makes money for ABC. The ad rates for Once Upon a Time are going up and they're advertising extremely relevant things. And they are promoting the rest of the Disney universe of movies like the Cinderella movie, the upcoming movies that Disney has going on, the other fairy tale movies that are coming out. So Once Upon a Time is a great way to build that audience. So I think all of that to say we might still see a seventh season, even if the ratings are down, because Disney realizes this is a moneymaker. Do you think that could be the long-rumored zombie season from <laughs> Lost? If there was going to be a zombie season, I think it would be season six i think they could have zombies from lost they it, might be an untold story it, it actually looked at first when we saw mr hyde i was first thinking is he a zombie <laughs> uh, nope that's doomsday from smallville uh, i believe it's the same actor oh really yeah I, i'm quite certain and i saw some other people in the chat room saying it too i thought the whole believing thing in New York was at first like really corny and then to see the direction they took it and like the magic and then everyone applauding I thought okay yeah I could see that actually happening in New York you know right. some street performer gets everyone involved and does this thing and big show and thank you everyone and good night similar to a flash mob yes yeah yeah I figured <laughs> they're not going to change the world in the show that much so these people are not going to believe this was real but apparently they did. Yeah. And it worked. There was enough belief there. And a neat moment for Henry, too, to be so <laughs> instrumental in it. And here's the guy with the heart of the truest believer. I think Santa probably even got to take his sleigh out for a spin <laughs> at an abnormal time of year. Since everything happens in New York. Pretty unusual spike in belief. He was able to just take that puppy up. So we've got a lot to talk about in our full discussion that will be coming up, and we will be joined by as many of our podcast crew as is able to join us. Uh, Jeremy, Aaron, Jacqueline, maybe even Hunter, but there's something special we want to tell you that Hunter has given me permission to Aww. share, is Hunter is now watching after Baby L. Born recently, uh, Baby L weighed about uh, the weight of a baby and about the height and length or whichever direction you want to measure of a baby. And so those are all the numbers and statistics I know. But congratulations, Hunter and her husband, for bringing Baby L into the world. Oh, there's another thing you're supposed to say. Mother and baby are doing well. Yes. 
Yes. Everybody always says it that way <laughs> in those exact words. Exactly. Something that from a kid, I never understood. Why do they say mother and baby? Why can't they just say the names of the people? But anyway, <laughs> that's a side note. So we'll hear from as many people as possible in our podcast team, but we'd also love to hear from you. So send us your thoughts and theories on this episode. And frequently, we don't really feature what our audience says they like and dislike because we like to focus on the in-depth theories and discussions and Easter eggs and that kind of stuff. And please still send us that, but feel free to also send us what you thought the highlights of this episode were and where you think the show is going after this lead in to season six. All of our contact information is in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 251. When we do our upcoming full discussion, We'll also dig deeper into a lot of the other things. We'll look at some of the stuff for Easter eggs, screenshots. We'll talk about a lot of other stuff. Please join us when we record the podcast live for our schedule. Go to oncepodcast.com slash live, and that is linked also in the show notes for this episode. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. Please go to the show notes and share this episode out with everyone you know. That's at oncepodcast.com slash 251 and send us your feedback for our upcoming full discussion. And until next time, will you make a wish for us? And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for making this episode of the podcast possible. If you would like to be one of them, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. You get access to cool things like bloopers. And boy, we have some from ones from this episode. <laughs> and early access to spoilers and other cool stuff. That's all for our heroes only at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.